So we're excited about that. Also want to let you know that we do have a family photo area over here on this side of the building. And so before you leave today, make sure you get your family together, your, your husband, your wife, you by yourself, whatever you want to do, and get your photo. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's set up on an iPad, so you just punch the button, it starts counting down, and it's going to take four, count them, four photos of you and put it together. Immediately after they take the pictures, you can click to text or email that to yourself, and so you can send it to your phone number, to your email address, and you'll get those instantly uh, on your device, all right? So we wanted you to know about that, and we've been in a series that we have called Missing Christmas. And if you've been here the last couple of weeks, we've talked about a few different aspects of missing Christmas, and today we're going to wrap this up. But I want to catch us up. For those of you that may not have been here, maybe you've been traveling, maybe you've been out of town, uh, maybe this is your first time here, we have been talking about, the first thing we talked about was the innkeeper in the Christmas story. We're all familiar, most of us are familiar with the Christmas story, and we're familiar with the, the, the part that the innkeeper played when Mary and Joseph show up at the inn, at the hotel, whatever you want to call it, and he sees, even though that her condition is obvious, that she's obviously pregnant and about to have a child, for whatever reason, whatever was going on in his mind, he turned them away and said, we don't have any room for you here, right? And we don't know how many times this happened in the Christmas story, but I would imagine it was probably more than one because they didn't just immediately think, well, we'll just give up and go to the stable. They probably visited a few places and these people, for some reason, kept turning them away. And we know that those individuals ended up missing out. Come on, they missed out on Jesus and his miraculous entrance into the world. They missed out on the first Christmas. We also talked about how when the angels appeared, if you remember this, when the angels appeared to announce that Jesus was born, they did not go to the religious people. They didn't go to the high-ranking people. They didn't go to the wealthy people. They went to the shepherds. And it makes me wonder, why did they go to the shepherds instead of the important people, the people that have all the money, the people that have all the status, the people that can spread the word a little bit quicker? Why didn't they go to them? And it, it leaves me to wonder, maybe it was because they were so caught up in themselves and all of their rules and all of their rituals and all of their religious behavior, and they were so preoccupied with everything political that had, they been, had it been announced to them, it wouldn't have gone anywhere. They probably wouldn't have believed it because it didn't look like what they thought for years it was going to look like. And so the angels showed up and they announced it to shepherds who were probably on the bottom end of the totem pole in those days, in that culture. But that's who the angels, and maybe it's because they knew how to be still. Maybe it's because they knew uh, the analogy of Jesus coming and being our shepherd and so they would understand it, and they would, they would take the time to, to go and worship him and see him when other people would not. And then last weekend, we talked about King Herod and how his selfishness and his own desires wrapped him up so much that he was willing to send out soldiers and people to kill every boy two years old and under because he was so, so threatened, so insecure, so selfish, so wrapped up in himself. And if you remember, we had Mike. He was such a great volunteer, man. You were, you were an incredible volunteer. He couldn't see any of you for about 10 minutes. But we wrapped him up, and we talked about how when you, when you just do this, and we'll just spend a little money here, and we'll just do this, and we get so preoccupied with everything that we want 
that we end up wrapping ourselves up and we can't walk the way that God wants us to walk. We can't even open our hands to receive what God wants to give us as a blessing. And we can't see the blessing that's in our life right now because we're so blinded and we're wrapped up in everything that we want and we desire when we really need to take a step back and say, you know what, Christmas is really all about Jesus. And Christmas is about Jesus being born and coming so that he could one day die for you and me, give his life for you and me, be raised from the dead for you and me so that we could have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And Herod, of course, missed out because of his selfishness. And today we're going to look once again at another character from the Christmas story. This is someone who was really close to what was going on. I mean, super close to what was going on. It was, it was really personal for the individual that we're going to read about today. And I want to read you about seven verses here in Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 18. It says, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Aren't you glad sometimes your conscience, the Holy Spirit, will get a hold of you when you're about to make a stupid decision? Aren't you glad that when you're about to do something dumb, sometimes you'll get that little, that nudge or that feeling in your heart or that thought in your head that maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe this is God trying to protect me from something. He came to him in a dream, said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will, she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph spoke up, or when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. I want to talk to you for just a few moments here as we celebrate Christmas on this topic. I want to talk to you on the decision is yours. The decision is yours. Come on, look to somebody to your left. You got you to warm up a little bit. Look to somebody on your left and tell them the decision is yours. Look to the person on your right. Tell them the decision is yours. God, I thank you right now for this word. Lord, I pray that you would help me to communicate it in the way that you desire for me to communicate it. God, that we would, we would receive it. Open our hearts, open our ears in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wonder this morning if you've ever been committed to something in your life and then had the rug pulled out from under you. You ever, you ever been there? You ever been committed to something, you knew something was going to happen, you were looking forward to it, and then the rug, all of a sudden, whatever it is in your life, the rug all of a sudden was pulled out from underneath you, and whatever you were wishing for, whatever you were dreaming about, whatever you were committed to was all of a sudden gone. Everything changed in a moment. You ever had that experience in your life, something going on in your life when the rug was pulled out from under you, or you were committed to a job or a position and then you were notified that they were going to go a different direction. You ever been, you ever been promised something? Yeah, the, the promotion's yours. The job is yours. The responsibility's yours. It's all yours, and you're looking forward to it. And about a week later, you're like, man, I don't know why I haven't gotten a call. 
I don't know why they're I don't know why I haven't heard yet. And then you find out that they've decided to go a different direction and the rug is pulled out from underneath you on something that you were looking forward to, something you were committed to, or you were committed to marry someone and they broke it off before the wedding. I don't know if you've ever been there. You were committed to buy something, whether it was a new a new vehicle, a new house, uh, you know, Christmas gifts, whatever, and then all of a sudden the owner of that thing, right, backs out at the last minute. You ever been there? You're looking forward to it. You're like, oh, man, I can't wait to have this car. <laughs> this is going to be the best car I've ever had. This is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait to have that house. And then it drags out and it drags out and it drags out. Come on, I've been there with a the house. It drags out. It drags out. It drags out. If you work at a bank and you're a loan officer, I love you. It drags out. It drags out. It drags out forever. And then sometimes when you get to the end of it, the rug's pulled out from underneath you and you don't get what you've been looking for. Man, we walked through this house like five times. We thought this was it. We, we already talked about changing the flooring. We've already talked about painting. We've already talked about doing all this stuff. And all of a sudden, it's gone. And it's changed. And the rug has been pulled out from underneath me. And I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with it when I'm looking forward to something and something's really on my heart and I'm passionate about it and I'm committed to it. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. The rug is pulled out from underneath you. Now, I don't know if you know what to do with that, but a lot of times I don't know what to do with that. Maybe you were committed to get that perfect gift for the person that you love, and when you went to pick it up, it was gone. You ever even told somebody, you ever put something like back, you know, not maybe lay away, but not, that's not as you know, predominant anymore, but you told somebody, you called them, I'm coming to get it, I'm coming to get it. I'm coming to get it. I'll be there at 3. I'm coming to get it. I'll be there at 3. I'm coming to get it. And when you get there at 3, they sold it to somebody else. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You had your heart set on it, and it was the last one. That was it. You saw it online. Last one. One in stock. You call them. I'm coming to get it. And when you show up, it's gone. No phone call. <laughs> no, no courtesy. <laughs> no, hey, we went ahead and sold that thing. Uh, so don't drive over here and <laughs> pick it up because we went ahead and sold it to somebody else. Even though you said you wanted it and you were committed to it and you may have even put half down on it, we've sold it to somebody else because we didn't really know if you were coming. We didn't know if we could believe you or not. And all of a sudden, the rug phew, is pulled out from underneath you. And what do you do with that? And you think about Joseph in this story. So we think about Mary. And Mary's carrying the Son of God. And Mary's going to give birth to Jesus. But think about the disappointment that had to go through Joseph's mind and his emotions and everything in a moment when he gets the news. Have you ever just stopped to think about how that could have gone? This is great. The angel shows up. Mary's excited. Now i got to go tell this guy that I'm supposed to be marrying uh, a few months from now that, oh, by the way, <laughs> I'm pregnant, but don't worry, it's by God. <laughs> How does that go over? <laughs> We're going to have a baby. Woo! Exciting. But wait a second. <laughs> Nothing's happened to have a baby. <laughs> so why? How did, how did this happen? Oh, it was the Holy Spirit. It was God. An angel showed up and told me I am highly favored by God and that I'm going to give birth to the Son of God. And isn't this awesome? This is how he's going to come into the world. And he chose me. And can you imagine... What's going on in Joseph's mind <laughs> in the moment? You don't have time to think or prepare for that. And you get the news, and you imagine the disappointment 
and how he felt like his plans were unraveling right before his eyes in that moment. And even in today's culture, guys, you know this is true. If your wife or your fiance came to you or the person you're dating and you're talking about marriage and they tell you that I'm pregnant and it's by God, now, first of all, that's only going to happen one time, so we got some talking to do. <laughs> but you, you get what I'm saying? A lot of times we don't, we don't think, we don't think, <laughs> some of y'all aren't going to hear anything else the rest of the day. We don't think a lot of times about how, the, because the Bible doesn't tell us everything. The Bible just basically says an angel shows up, tells Mary this news. Joseph gets the news, and now he's planning, he's planning, the, the news hit him so hard that he's planning to break off the engagement. We were going to get married, but we're no longer going to get married. Because I don't, I don't know if I can believe you. I don't know if I can trust you. I don't, you're saying this is going to be the Son of God, and nobody thought this was how this was going to happen. And I got all these thoughts going through my mind. And so I'm, you know, I'm going to respect you, and we're going to do it quietly, and we're going to break it off, and nobody really has to know. We're not going to make it public. But I don't think I can marry you anymore because of what you just told me. About a week and a half ago, uh, Amanda and I, we were visiting my family. They live in Missouri in Branson. And we were there, and we had the opportunity to go see, I don't know if you've ever been to Branson, we had the opportunity to go see Miracle of Christmas, which they have this sight and sound theater, and we like going, every, every time they do a new show, we like to go see this new show because it's really, it's really, really good. It really is. And it's almost like this musical portrayal of the Miracle of Christmas, of Jesus being born, and they really put a lot of emphasis on it, and I had not really stopped to think about it all that much, but when we saw it and we were leaving, I said, man, they, they spent a lot of time on Mary getting the news, and her family's okay with it, and they believe her. She goes and she tells Joseph, and Joseph's family's pushing him to, you need to break it off. You don't know what's going on. You, <laughs> I don't know that you can trust her, that you can believe her. And Joseph's trying to battle with both, both deals, and then she goes off and she visits her cousin. She comes back, and when she comes back, all of the rumors have spread, and there's you know this girl going around, and she's spreading all that. Come on, you know how it goes. Somebody gets news about something that might be going on in your life, and before you can even blink your eyes, it's all over town. It's everywhere. And she comes back, and I was thinking, man, this was not, this was not just a bed of roses that the angel showed up and said, you're going to have a baby, and you're going to name him Jesus, and he's going to be you know, the son of God and the savior of the world, and it's, gonna, it's just going to be a miracle. It's going to be miraculous. And then everything that happened after Everything that happened after the fact of the angel, all the glory, when it was gone, now they had to deal with life and everything that was going on with that news. And so Joseph is questioning Mary's faithfulness to him. His family's encouraging him to break off the engagement. Rumors are spreading all over town. And there's confusion, there's disappointment, there's hurt, there's worry. There's anxiety. There's I don't know what's going to happen next. I thought I had it all figured out, and now the rug's pulled out from under me, and I don't really know. I don't really know if I have anything figured out. You ever felt like that? You got life figured out. Everything's going together, and then poof, car breaks down. Six hundred bucks, you know, to fix the headlight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everything's so expensive on a car. But you, <laughs> something happens that's tragic or traumatic to you, and. It feels like everything that you had planned and everything that you thought you had together in one moment comes crashing down. You know what I'm talking about? 
all of a sudden everything is just a disaster. Even though you five minutes ago it was all together. We got it all planned out. This is what we're going to do. And now five minutes later, one thing happens and pff, everything seems to be unraveling around you. These are things that I believe some of the same things that we deal with today because all of us are dealing with or have dealt with confusion. You ever been confused about something? We don't understand why something happened to us or to a family member or to a friend. There's disappointment when you're expecting one thing, but you're disappointed by the result. You kind of have your heart set on something and you have a vision for it, and then when it gets here, it's not everything that you thought it was going to be, or it's gone, or it didn't happen, and all of a sudden you're disappointed by the result. There's hurt. Somebody hurt us and we haven't gotten over it. We haven't forgiven. We haven't moved past it. We haven't, you know, dealt with it. We just kind of shoved, just swept it under the rug and let it kind of hang out there. We're dealing with hurt. We're dealing with worry. My gosh, we're dealing with worry. <laughs> we worry all the time. And we call it praying a lot of times, but it's really not praying. <laughs> Don't we? I know I do this. I need to pray about that. And as soon as I get alone to pray about it, I start thinking and worrying about it. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to do that? And how is this going to happen? And how are we going to get that done? And, oh, man, 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 man. And then 30 minutes goes by, and it's like, I didn't even pray. <laughs> okay, God, what do you have to say about what's going on? Maybe I should ask you before I start worrying about all these details. But we're dealing with worry. Worry about the future. Worry about other people's thoughts. We deal with rejection. You know, we've experienced some rejection in our lives. We deal with mistakes. This is a big one. We've done things that we wish we could undo, or we've done things that we wish would just go away. This, this is a big one. We, we've done things, and there's a mistake that we made, and it's not, you know, the good news is today that's not the end of the road, because God is, is bigger than all of that. But we deal with it internally. And so we start thinking, man, if I just hadn't done that, if I could undo that, if I could go back and do that over, I just wish that that would go away. Maybe there'll come a point, you know, three years, five years, ten years down the road where people will start to forget, and it'll just kind of go away. And we're dealing with this stuff all the time. And sometimes, and we know this to be true, I know even for myself, that sometimes the holidays just simply provide another opportunity for us to focus on our disappointments again. What you, what you don't have what you wish you had, what you tried to get but didn't get, you know, the, the, your financial situation. It has a way of kind of bringing up some disappointments and some things that we start dealing with all over again around this time of year. And sometimes the holidays can cause us to express pain and disappointments from the past. And here's the decision that you and I have to make today. We have to decide that we can either relive all of the hurt and the disappointment and the pain and the mistakes and let it steal joy from our present or we can respond to what Jesus is offering us because there's really only there's really only when you're dealing with worry and anxiety and disappointment and hurt and and mistakes that you've made and you're trying to deal with it on your own you really only have two options you can either relive it or you can respond to what Jesus says about it you can relive it which is what we do a lot of times we relive it over and over again. We think we're past it. We think we're moving on. And then it comes back up again. We start to feel it again. We start to feel that disappointment again. We start to feel, you know, to beat ourselves up over the mistakes that we've made. Wish that things could just go away. Wish that we had done it different. 
but we, we can either relive it or you can respond to what Jesus says about it and what Jesus did for you and what Jesus offers you. The peace and forgiveness, love, joy, life. Sometimes we think we're living, but we're not really living until we give it to God. We, we, think, we're, we think we got it all together and we think we're living life, but until, until we give our life to Jesus, until we give it all to God and say, God, you know what, I can't handle it and I can't deal with it and I keep trying to relive it and so I need you to take it and I need you to handle it. I need to give it to you so that I can get it off of me and I can receive your joy and your peace and your comfort your life that you want to give me. Because we can relive how they let us down or we can respond to forgiveness. We can relive how you lost your job or you can respond to provision. Or you can relive the mistake or you can respond to new life. Because in, in the Word of God, Paul writes that when you give your life to Jesus, you're new. So the only reason that you're thinking about the stuff that you've done in the past is because the enemy is in your ear talking to you about the stuff that you've done in the past. Because when you give it to Jesus, you gave it to Jesus. So don't, don't go back to Jesus and pick it back up and start reliving it again. I've already responded to what Jesus did for me and what he wants to give me and I've received forgiveness that he paid the price for. So why is it that we have such a hard time not going back over to it and picking it back up and reliving it over and over and over again? That's not, that's not your heavenly father who loves you and cares about you and gave you a brand new life whenever you gave yours to his. That's not what he's doing. That's the enemy in your ear causing you to relive it and relive it. And sometimes we just need to remind the devil that he doesn't have the power. And he can plant a thought in my mind, but I can also take that thought and throw it right back at him. <laughs> because I already gave it. I already gave it to Jesus. Come on, y'all going to have to help me more than that. I already gave it <laughs> to Jesus. So it's already taken care of, and I've already been forgiven, and I've already moved on. So why do you want to talk about it again? Because I'm not talking to you anyway. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to take the thought <laughs> and throw it right back in his face. Say, you know what? You can try to plant that thought in my mind, but you've already been defeated, and I'm walking in victory that Jesus already has, has won for me. And you, can't, you cannot make me relive what is already under the blood. You cannot come on. Some of us, we just need to get that phrase in our mind right now. When we start getting a thought, <laughs> you can't make me relive what I've already given to Jesus. Because I don't have it anymore. Are you hearing me? I, you can't make me relive it because I already gave it away. You can't come to my house and use the gift that I gave to somebody else. You can come try to remind me, man, you should have kept that. That was a good gift. You should have kept it at your house. You shouldn't have given it away. But then I could turn around and tell you, you know what? It's better to give than it is to receive. 
and I already gave it away, and I feel more blessed for giving it away than if I had kept it. And so you can't make me relive what I've already given away. I don't have it anymore. I don't have it anymore. And Joseph, what would have happened had he ignored God's instructions to stay with Mary? When, when he was already feeling like, I'm going to break this engagement off because I don't know what's going on here. And I, you might be telling the truth. You might not be telling the truth. I don't know. But we're breaking this thing off. And then, and then God speaks to him. They show up in a dream. And they're telling him, you need to, you need to it's okay. What she's saying is the truth. And you need to go ahead and marry her. Take her as your wife. Name the baby Jesus. What would have happened had he said, you know what, I don't know, even though an angel showed up to me in a dream, I don't really know if I believe that still. I don't know, you know, it could have just been the pizza I ate last night that's causing me to dream funny dreams. I don't really know, I don't know if that's still the truth. What could have happened? How would the story have unfolded had Mary been on her own? And now what would Joseph have missed out on had he made the decision he wanted to make? Instead of doing what God told him to do. Where would he have been? He probably wouldn't be in the Bible. We wouldn't be reading a whole lot about Joseph had he made the decision to do what he wanted to do. You see, sometimes to, to accomplish what God wants for your life, you've got to give your life away. You've got to say, you know what, it doesn't make sense, but God, I'm giving it all to you. I don't know, I don't even know... You haven't even laid out a full plan for me, and I don't even know what all is going to happen, but I've just got to give it all to you. Even though it doesn't make sense, I can understand later, but I need to obey now. What would have happened? How would the story have unfolded? And Joseph had to make this same decision that we're talking about today. He could relive and stay stuck in his own struggle with things going on, or he could respond to what God was offering him. He could relive how he felt, when he got the news and all of the doubt and all of the thoughts, or he could respond to what God was offering him and was speaking to him. You can relive or you can respond. And our vision here at the church, here at Impact Church, is for every person to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and then make an impact. We want people to know God, find freedom. We all have things we need to find freedom from. Sometimes you just need to know you're not the only one that deals with that. Discover your purpose. Discover, God, what are, the, what are the giftings? What are the things that you have put inside of me that I'm supposed to use for you? And now I'm going to, after I've discovered that, now I'm going to go make an impact in the world. Now I'm going to go make an impact in the community. But the first one of those is the most important, that we want every person to know God. I didn't say no about God. Because everybody, we live in the Bible Belt, so you would be hard-pressed to find somebody that has never known about God. It would take you a long time to find somebody who has never heard about God or does not know something about God. Even the story that we're reading and that we're celebrating today that Jesus being born, everybody knows that, especially in this part of the world. But we're talking about knowing God, knowing him 
on a personal level. Not to know about him, but to truly know him. And look at what, what God has done to get, to, to get you to know him personally. Have you ever stopped to think about what God did so that you could know him personally? What, what, he, what he pulled off on your account and on your benefit so that you could know him personally. And isn't that what Christmas is all about? Jesus coming to earth as a baby to eventually give his life for us so that we could know God personally. It's more than a story. It's more than something that, you know, you sit down with your kids on Christmas morning and you read the Christmas story out of Luke. And you, you know, or you have the little book that breaks it down for kids and you read it and then you go into open present. It's more than that. Now that, that stuff's all good. But it's something that you really have to wrap you've really got to wrap your mind and even more than that, you've got to wrap your heart around the idea that it's more than just a story. That this was the savior of the world who miraculously entered into the world and has, has done all of these things so that I can have life and I don't want to miss out on it. I don't want to miss out on what Jesus did for me. And we've got to come to that, that it's more than just a story. This is something that Jesus did for me. And I can either, I can either keep reliving everything from my past or I can respond to what Jesus did for me. Christmas is an invitation to know him personally. It's, it's because God so loved the world that he did what? God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved you and me that he gave. He didn't try to fix everything. He didn't he didn't try to 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 figure out well how can we get okay let's come up with a plan on how we can get people you know where they can know me personally know what he did is he said the only way to do this is to send I have to give something if I want them to have life I have to give something and it's gonna cost me dearly and I really don't want to and Jesus even praying you know if there's any way for you to do this any other way will you do it that way but but, how many of us can say this? But your will, not mine. Your will, not mine. When it doesn't make sense, when I'm worried about it, when I'm anxious about it, when I'm disappointed about it, when the enemy's trying to get me to relive everything that, I have going, that I've done in my past, and where I've come from, we've all come from somewhere. There's nobody in this room that has a perfect past. We've all come from somewhere, and we're all going somewhere. We can either relive where we've been, or we can respond to what God has done. Christmas is basically God saying this to you. I think we have this. You can write this down. Maybe. Look what I've done to come near to you. Now will you come near to me? What If we could sum all this up, this celebration, in one little phrase, it would be this right here. That God is saying this to you today. 
look what I did so that I could get close to you. So will you come close to me? Look what I was willing to do so that I could get close to you. And all I'm asking is will you draw close to me? This is Christmas. This is Christmas. This is what it's all about. That God loved you and God loved me so much. And he's, he's asking you today, he's telling you, just look at, just look at what I did. Look at what I did to get close to you. I was willing to give it all. To give the most important thing to me. So that I could be close to you. And all I'm asking is will you come close to me? The coolest thing about salvation and about Christianity is that Jesus already did everything. The only thing that you have to do is receive it. Jesus did everything. There is nothing, nothing that you have to do to give your life to him. You just have to receive what he did for you. That he came near to you. So will you come near to him? Are you going to relive everything or will you respond to what Jesus did will you respond to what he wants to give you and I wonder today with this many people in one room I wonder if everybody in here has truly placed their trust and their faith in Jesus and I want to kind of tell you, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. I want to, to give you a, a visual of what this is because this is not, responding to what Jesus has to offer you is not complicated. There's nothing complicated about it. And this is all literally, when the Bible talks about giving your life to Jesus, placing your trust in him, I want you to think about this podium. If I'm, if I'm standing beside this podium... I don't have any faith or trust in the podium. I don't have to rely on the podium at all. I'm relying on me. But when I start to lean on the podium, when I start to, if I could crawl up this thing, I would. When I start to put all of my weight on the podium, that's what giving your life to Jesus is. All it is, all it, I don't know what you've been taught about salvation or, or where you're at in your walk with, with Christ, but all it is is you're saying, you know what? Jesus did this for me. And I'm going to put 
everything I have on his shoulders and let him work through me. I'm giving everything I have to him. Because when I'm out here on my own, I may fall. I may break a leg. I may make some decisions that I shouldn't have made. I may have some regrets. I'm reliving things out here. But when I respond, I just give it all to him. Every bit of it. And I know that when I give it all to him, this isn't going to collapse. There's nothing about this. You can even visualize a chair. When you sit down in a chair and you pick your feet up off the ground, you have full faith in that chair that it's going to hold you. I trust that this was built the right way, that it was put together the right way, and that it's going to do what it's intended to do when I sit down in it and I pick my feet up off the floor. When you give your life to Jesus, all you're saying is I'm going to sit down in the chair and I'm going to pick my feet up off the floor. And I know that it's built sturdy enough, that it's been through everything that I could ever possibly go through, and that it will hold me no matter what happens. No matter how big I get, no matter how small I am, no matter what I do, no matter what I try to, come on, no matter what I try to get on the chair with me, it'll still hold you. No matter how much, sometimes we get in the chair and we try to get, I just don't want to, you know, I want to leave behind my stuff. <laughs> I want to leave behind that person. I want to leave behind this. And we get in the chair, guess what? <laughs> it can still hold you. Jesus can still hold you. It, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you've been through, where you've come from, what the enemy keeps trying to make you relive in your life. I'm inviting you. Will you stand to your feet today? Here's what I'm inviting you to do and what Jesus, I believe, today as we celebrate Christmas today. This is what I believe he's inviting you to do. Sit down in the chair. Just sit down in the chair. You've been reliving. You've been trying harder. You've been trying to figure it out. You've been trying to do this and do that and, and how can I be better and I need to fix this and fix that. And all Jesus, I'm telling you, all he is asking you to do today, all you have to do to respond, you can relive or you can respond. All he's asking you to do to respond is just sit down in the chair. And it's so interesting to me how when you sit down in the chair, when I sit down in the chair, that somehow God has a way of working things out. When I give him my life, Somehow he has a way of making it better. Somehow he has a way of removing some things that aren't good for me, bringing better things along. Somehow he has a way of, of straightening out relationships. He has a way of helping you figure out what you need to do to fix a relationship. There's, there's something about when you sit down in the chair, when you sit down in the chair, that all of a sudden, all of the worry and the anxiety and the disappointment and the hurt and everything that you've been feeling and dealing with and trying to handle on your own, when you sit down in the chair, you say, it's all yours. It's all yours. And I don't want to miss out. 
I do not want to miss out on what God wants to do in me, through me, for me, and giving my life to him because I believe that the, the, the one who created me and created you, created the heavens and created the earth, created it all, can probably take care of me better than I can take care of me. And all I've got to do is sit in the chair. Just sit down in the chair. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, I thank you. I thank you for what you've already done today in your presence. God, I thank you for what you're about to do in people's lives today. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. And I just want to ask one question today. If you're reliving things, or you're trying to do things on your own, and today you say, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to respond. I'm going to shift over here. I, I just want to sit down in the chair. I'll tell you again. The chair is built well enough, and it can hold anything you put on it. And all it is is the decision is yours. You just have to decide. Today, I choose to respond. Instead of trying to figure it out, instead of dealing with all the worry and disappointment and all the hurt, all the anxiety, all of the stuff that I've been reliving or going through right now, I just need to sit down in the chair. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask you to do one thing, just so we know who we're praying for. If that's you and you say, today I'm ready to respond, will you just lift your hand up? Thank you. Thank you. Hands all over. It's incredible. Man, you ought to be proud to have your hand up. This is, this is, this is an amazing decision. And there's not anything. All you have to do is receive what Jesus did for you and just sit down in the chair. I want us all just, just in unison as a church body celebrating today what Jesus is doing in this place. Can we all just pray this prayer together? Jesus, thank you for loving me. Today I want to respond to you. I want your joy. I want your peace. I want your life. I want everything that you have for me. And I make the decision today to give my life to you. I'm sitting down in the chair. I place my trust in you and my faith in you. And I give you my life. I receive your forgiveness today. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together for those that made that decision for the first time? <laughs> That's incredible, incredible. Well, we want to do one final thing. We're going to sing one final Christmas song today. We sang it earlier. We're going to do it again. But as we go out today, if you need prayer for anything in your life, you need to tell somebody about the decision that you just made or something that you're going through or something that you're struggling with or that you just need, you know, just to come and say, I just need you to pray for me. I'm feeling discouraged. I'm feeling down. I just need prayer. We all need prayer. Everybody needs prayer at times. So we invite you as we sing this last song, if you need prayer for anything in your life, you can come down. For those of us that are not coming down for prayer, let's just worship. Let's celebrate one final time before we go out today. Amen. God, Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you've done here today. I pray that you would draw every person who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.